Flying Talkers podcast brought to you today by your friends at PayCargo, the better way to pay and to save time and money. You see, PayCargo has a better idea. By simplifying the payment process to more than 3,000 vendors, cargo moves faster. PayCargo saves you time and money by expediting important data and funds to ensure rapid release of your cargo. Maybe best of all, you get the time to build your business assured that the PayCargo team is with you, providing trackable, tangible results every step of the way. So why wonder why most shipments in the PayCargo system get released in as little as one hour? Go to www.paycargo.com and explore a whole new way to pay and get paid. PayCargo offers flexible payment options and also available credit lines. And as the number one online platform in the world for cargo payments, www.paycargo.com can offer you a level of service, financial expertise, and connectivity that makes it easy to ship, click, and pay. So go to www.paycargo.com and get the rest of the story. Discover how PayCargo simplifies a better way to pay and get paid. And tell them Flying Talkers sent you. That's www.paycargo.com. Great people to do business with. This is Jeffrey Aaron, and welcome to today's Flying Talkers. We're glad you're here. Today we're going to talk about Fruit Logistica, one of our faves. It's a trade show that's held every year in Berlin, Germany. We've been following it right along since it began. But you know, Berlin has been a trade fair destination for a couple of hundred years. And it's been one of the most important hubs for many, many decades. Messe Berlin, the state's own trade fair company, conceives markets and organizes hundreds of trade live events every year. Messe Berlin strives, it says, to be an outstanding host for visitors at all events that generate optimal business stimuli. Ooh, sounds pretty interesting and provides a lot of interesting conditions for everyone. The concept reflected in the company slogan, Messe Berlin, is hosting the world. Well, it certainly is an exciting place, and Fruit Logistica is a lot of fun. A couple of trade shows that take place in cities around the world that are worth watching. Another one, a quick one, I'm not gonna go into it very much right now, is the Seafood Show in Boston. It's a lot of fun every year and something you ought to look up. The Seafood Show in Boston is more fun on the hoof than you can have practically anywhere because everybody's got something to eat. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. But let's stick with Fruit Logistica for right now. Well, first of all, they've got a data insight and trend briefing with a statistics handbook that they're publishing. It's a, it's a very good idea for numbers because people want to know at a glance what's going on in the business. And 
this is a great place to find it. So you go to the event, you get a copy of the Fruit Logistica Handbook, European Statistics Handbook, and it presents a wealth of detailed data that illustrates the statistical trends in Europe's various fresh fruit and vegetable markets and product categories. In addition, the European Statistical uh, Handbook for 2023 contained valuable insight into fruit and vegetable market trends, including the shift toward a key driver of the market, which is price right now. Despite a market recovery post-COVID, demand and value are under pressure in some cases as a result of the cost of living crisis. For some consumers, the importance of drivers like sustainability, regionality, and organics has decreased. A bigger challenge for producers from extreme weather has brought a different kind of a crop delivery affected by adverse conditions in the past year, including heat waves, droughts, extreme frost, storms, and floods. Maybe not unique to any one particular year, but certainly right now when the world is struggling to get back into some sort of rhythm, that's something that's a big, big challenge. We have to look at every aspect of our business to make sure we're taking care of the business. A marked increase in the cost of production. The war in Ukraine was followed by a sharp rise in the cost of various inputs like fertilizer and fuel and energy and labor. And in some areas, production was cut back or even stopped. Better news, better news. Listen to this, to these growers and these people in Fruit Logistica. Better news in terms of the global movement of goods. There were some signs of improvement on availability and the cost of freight transport during the past year, but serious challenges remain. Less attractive euro exchange rates, limited availability of truck drivers within Europe, and higher fuel prices. The European Statistics Handbook 2023 has been compiled by the uh, Agri-Market Information Center in partnership with the uh, FruitNet Media International, and it's published by Fruit Logistica. And something that you want to have in hand as you walk around and take that tour on the half shell and have some idea of what's happening in 2023. So that starts on Wednesday, and it goes Wednesday and Thursday, and it's a great, big, terrific show. Once again, welcome to Flying Talkers. We'll be right back after this message.
You know, it may come as a shock to some shippers to learn that one of the biggest challenges to safe handling of lithium batteries or lithium anything is stuck in the old bugaboo that seems to never go away. You can run, but you can't hide from paperwork. What happens with the shipment? Well, the paperwork isn't straight. So paper's still there. Enter this IATA initiative branded the Center for Independent Validators, CEIV, a process that now can assure auditing the action and providing confidence for lithium battery shipping. I mean, answer you have been looking for is there. It's created by IATA Cargo in 2021, Cutter Airways, and its global handler, Cutter Aviation Services, just received certification of the duo's outstanding, ongoing, yes, it is a bell ringer, and provides confidence a process that can now assure auditing the action and providing confidence for lithium battery shipping. Created by IATA Cargo in 2021, Cutter Airways and its global handler Cutter Aviation Services just received certification of the duo's outstanding ongoing handling of lithium battery shipments. Cutter Aviation Services is the first ground handling company to be certified in this manner globally. So Cutter Airways Group Chief Executive Akbar Al-Bakar said, and rightfully proud of the situation, quote, passenger and cargo safety is our utmost concern at all times. And we have continuously advocated for proper regulation in the transport of lithium batteries. So we're happy, this is a quote, to be the second airline to be certified, LATAM was the first, in September 2022. Well, we're proud and we encourage all industry players to become certified. Mr. Al-Bakr went on to say, as an industry, we have to focus on active risk prevention, and that is achieved through stringent regulation, training, and compliance. But surveying the IATA CEIV lithium battery certification landscape, as of February 1st, 2023, more than a year after IATA CEIV was first offered worldwide, guess what? There's only three air cargo resources in the world that have so far met the expected standards, regulations, and guidelines IATA has set for acceptance, and two of them are named Cutter. With so many thousands airplanes flying around at any one time, I can only wonder 
Why not certification at a more rapid pace everywhere? Right now, International Air Transport Association is readying its World Cargo Symposium to be held in beautiful Istanbul, Turkey, April 25th, 27th. They need some people to show up over there to talk to some of the princes and princesses. That sounds kind of stupid of the airlines, but this is a mandated meeting of IATA cargo members, the top people. And it's a good place to catch some people if you want to talk to some big shots, but it's also a great place to get things done because everybody that can make a decision is there. It's not this guy's here or that guy's someplace else. They're all there. It's a mandated meeting. And Istanbul, from any angle, is a tremendous opportunity when you're there. Not only has it got a red-hot airline and a culture for aviation and trade that goes back a million years, it is an absolute spectacular place, especially the Sultanahmat and the older part, the Roman parts of of, uh, of Istanbul where, where the Blue Mosque is and, and just great experience in your life is to be in that city for sure. So you got a couple of days on the top executives and you got a great city of the world and let's get together and see what we can do there for each other. Looking back, looking back to his credit, Guillaume Hallyu, the visionary chief cargo officer that has guided QR cargo to best in the world and Qatar Airways leadership when it comes to shipping lithium have remained focused with eyes on the prize, building better practices while working to achieve IATA CEIV lithium standards. On January 9th, 2023, as Qatar Cargo declared CEIV mission underway, Guillaume said simply, lithium batteries play a huge part in our daily life, from the toys we buy for our children, to the laptops we use every day, and to the cars now we drive. Our plan now is to work with our global partners, ground handlers, shippers, and freight forwarders to ensure a solid and common understanding of the risks of moving lithium batteries and to drive positive change in the industry, Guillaume said. Good going. We need it. We need somebody to stand up and show the way. Right now, it's Cutter Cargo. And this is Jeffrey Aaron.
I was thinking about once upon a time at John F. Kennedy International Airport in New York. We've come a long way. We've come a long way covering courageous and pioneering women in air cargo and aviation. Once upon a time, we barely ever spoke of women in air cargo. Today, women are a very important part of the business up and down the line all over the world. But it always wasn't like that. When I came into the cargo business, the only female executive there was in the world that I knew was Maria Canino. And she was the cargo manager of Kuwait Airways. She sat in a small office on Rockaway Boulevard right off of the uh, main airport. And she was a very, very fine lady. But she was the only one. There are a couple of people working in the terminals. My favorite, of course, was Maria. Well, I'd like to continue courageous and pioneering women of air cargo and aviation and look back at a pioneering aviatrix of the 1930s, Bessie Coleman. One of 13 children, Bessie Coleman was born in 1892 in Atlanta, Texas, to George and Susan Coleman, both African-American sharecroppers. The family was poor and could afford very little, and once the children were of age, they were expected to contribute to the household income. But Bessie had high-flying hopes. She attended Langston University, predecessor of the Oklahoma Colored Agricultural and Normal University, but couldn't finish due to lack of funds. At 23 years old, she moved to Chicago to live with her brothers and to work as a manicurist. Her fascination with aviation was sparked in Chicago, where her brothers enticed her with stories of French women flying planes in World War I. Of course, when Bessie tried to enroll herself in flight program stateside, she was turned down. A woman aviator was difficult enough to stomach, but a black woman aviator? One can only imagine the mockery and derision she faced in 1920. As a manicurist, Bessie had contacts with many of the black elite of Chicago. She quickly befriended Robert Abbott, publisher and owner of the Chicago Defender and one of the first African-American millionaires who encouraged her to go to France and to learn to fly. 
He, along with others, helped fund her exodus, and she quickly learned French in preparation. She learned how to fly in a rickety Newport Type 82 biplane, and within seven months received her pilot's license from the uh, Federation Aeronautique International. She briefly returned to New York City in September 1921 and was celebrated in the black press. The Air Service News called her a full-fledged aviatrix, the first of her race. Bessie realized she wanted to make a living as a pilot, but in order to do so needed additional training as a barnstormer or stunt pilot. Commercial aviation was still a decade away from becoming a reality. She returned to Europe studying acrobatic aviation in France and then the Netherlands, where she studied under pioneering aircraft manufacturer Anthony Fokker, otherwise known as the Flying Dutchman. She moved on to Germany, where she received additional training from one of the chief pilots of the Fokker Corporation. Her first air show took place on September 1st. Check that. Her first air show took place on September 3rd, 1922 at the famous Curtis Airfield in Garden City, Long Island. The event was sponsored by her old friend, Robert Abbott, and honored the all-black 369th American Expeditionary Force of World War I. She was billed as the world's greatest woman flyer. That was Bessie Coleman. Over the next five years, Queen Bess, as she was called, performed aerial stunts across the United States. She always encouraged the African Americans attending her shows to learn how to fly and refused to perform in venues that denied admission to African Americans. When she was offered a role in the feature-length film Shadow and Sunshine, she accepted in the hopes that it would help her fund her dream of an African American aviation school. However, when she learned her very first scene in the film would depict her in bedraggled clothes, she refused the role. Doris Rich, author of Queen Best, Daredevil Aviator, wrote, quote, She was never an opportunist about race. She had no intention of perpetuating a derogatory image most whites had of most blacks. Very famous quote that she had was, The air is the only place free from prejudices. That's something Queen Bess said. Eventually, Queen Bess made enough money to purchase her own plane, a rather old Curtis JN4. You know, the Curtis Jenny. It was only a few days after she received the plane that it stalled at 300 feet and nosedive crashing into the ground. With broken ribs, broken leg, lacerations, Bessie was relegated to a hospital bed for three months. Returning to her home in the state of Texas in June 1925, she performed on June 19th, the anniversary of the day African Americans in Texas were granted their freedom. After the show, the spectators were boarded onto five passenger planes for a complimentary night flight over Houston. The Houston Reporter remarked it was the first time the colored public of the South 
had been given the opportunity to fly. That's a quote from the newspaper. While flying was one of Bessie Coleman's dreams, her greatest wish was to open an aviation school for African Americans. She told the Houston Post-Dispatch that she wanted to make Uncle Tom's cabin into a hangar by establishing a flying school. She later opened a beauty shop in Florida to try and raise funds and gathered enough money to purchase an old army surplus plane from World War I to continue her stunt flying. On the 30th of April, 1926, Bessie and her mechanic, William Wills, boarded her new plane to rehearse for a May Day air show the following day. The piece de resistance of her act was to be a daring parachute jump from 2,500 feet. Wills was piloting the plane when it fell into a tailspin and flipped upside down. Bessie was not wearing her seatbelt and tragically fell out of the plane to her death. Wills tried, but could not regain control of the plane, and he also lost his life. It took almost a half a century, but in 1977, the Bessie Coleman Aviators Club was formed by a group of African-American pilots from Chicago. And every April 30th, they fly over Lincoln Cemetery in Chicago to airdrop flowers on Bessie Coleman's grave. Today, African-Americans can take great pride in women like May Carol Jennison, the first black woman astronaut, and Atlantic Southeast Airlines, which in 2012 flew with an all-woman African-American crew. But we must not forget about the pioneering Queen Bess, whose lofty dreams and unwavering determination paved the way for everyone else who followed. As Lieutenant William J. Powell said, quote, because of Bessie Coleman, we have overcome that which was worse than racial barriers. We have overcome the barriers within ourselves and dared to dream. Well, thanks to Flossie Aaron for that lovely piece on Bessie Coleman. Quite a lady, quite a legacy. This is Jeffrey Aaron. Flying Talkers, brought to you today by the people of ATC. From Frankfurt, Germany to the world, with offices open everywhere, ATC is the reliable general services and sales agent, GSSA, for top-rated customer satisfaction. If your airline is delivering service excellence, chances are ATC represents them somewhere. There's no secret sauce here. ATC's extraordinary expertise and service ethic harkens back to a time when results-driven cargo executives were the product of a lifetime of best practices and great training. So contact ATC, One World, One Great Air Cargo GSSA, 
ATC Aviation can be contacted at atc.aviation.com and tell them Flying Talker sent you. That's atc-aviation.com. That's it for our presentation today. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time, this time, until next time. This is Jeffrey saying, keep them flying, air cargo. And good night, Joe, wherever you are. Speak to him. Good, Lou.